Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Blood Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. Today, I am joined with Sarah Scher, CEO of Kango. Sarah is also a mother juggling young children, and she was trying to figure out transportation while also working in a startup company. As a mother of four, I can so relate to that. Then came the idea of Kango, essentially Uber for children. With a background check, fingerprints, drivers, and sitters. Oh, where was that when I had children? Basically, parents can book rides, communicate with the driver, and get live GPS tracking on all the apps from their phone. Through her entrepreneurship, she has changed the game when it comes to working parents with busy children. Welcome, Sarah. Good morning. Thanks for having me. We are thrilled to have you because any mother who has done that as I have with four small children when they were growing and trying to build a business, we can certainly relate to those carpools and having to get them to the right place at the right time, and sometimes having bosses or work environments that don't quite understand all that. Can you kind of describe, Sarah, so that we get to know you a little better today, what was the lifestyle like before Kango as a working mother with young children? Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, Kango is the third startup that I've worked at, though it's the first one that I founded uh, myself with my co-founder. And prior to that, I became a parent while working at snapfish.com, which was then a small startup before being acquired by HP. And I had two young kids, as you mentioned, basically was trying to figure out how I could possibly be able to juggle where they needed to go, namely to school, and my own working situation. And before they were born, I was working around the clock, uh, literally juggling. I built a team from scratch to accelerate our revenue and our product line rollout. It was photo and video online, which in the early 2000s, which dates me a little bit, but the early 2000s, <laughs> that was a novel thing, how to get your photos off of your brand new uh, smartphone or digital camera. And we built a team that spanned the entire planet, which had three components. One was in North America, uh, basically in my time zone. Another was based in EMEA or Europe. Third was based out of India, serving Asia Pacific. So I basically had conference calls and was online around the clock because someone was always up and we always had a product launch going on. Needless to say, you know, in some ways that prepared me well for being a mom with young children who didn't sleep. But when they came along, obviously there were some other priorities that I had to juggle. And having tried to make it work, I realized and pretty much tried all the different permutations of schedule flexibility and workplace, work from home or being a consultant, and always ended back up in the office five days a week for whatever reason that just worked best for me. And by no means was I alone. I needed to come up with a solution, having not found one, for safely getting your kids where they need to go when you can't be the one driving. And we can all relate to that. Let me tell you, as as mom, each one of us could probably tell a story of that one day that sticks out in our mind that we thought, what are we doing and how are we going to get through this? But as women, I guess we can all relate to also being very persistent. Can you share with us, because as I read about you, the one thing that kept popping up in my mind is this is a woman who I admire for her persistence. And how did you maintain that persistence when you were trying to be accepted into, say, the 500 startup accelerators? And what gave you that resilience to keep going? And and how, how did persistence help you? 
Absolutely. And I think you know, persistence or, or grit is one of the things that I very much want to instill in my own children as well, because much more than I realized when I was in college or in high school, uh, it really is a determining factor as to what you can do and, and accomplish. Um, it started out, uh, and really the fuel behind this was my personal mission and the pain that I had, uh, my whole family for that matter, you know, experienced trying to figure out the trade-off because it really seemed to be a trade-off between being able to have the career that you wanted to have and build the products that you wanted to build, uh, even though it was for a different company at that time, and being able to have and, and raise a family when you know, my partner and husband worked outside the city and there were very you know, obvious limits to what he could do in terms of driving kids to school. So persistence really started with having the courage to jump off the cliff into the unknown, despite fair number of, of risk-averse you know, friends and family who would try to discourage me, especially as a young mother, from doing something which seemed so daunting and no one else in my family had ever attempted. And so step one really for me was having the conviction, and it was driven by the urge to help others and prevent, hopefully, I hope, parents and moms especially from having to make the types of choices that I had felt like I had to make, even though I ended up reconciling them. So have the courage to believe in yourself and pursue your mission, and that will really take you a long way. With regard to getting funding, you know, really the first step was, and I was thankful that I had a co-founder and CTO with me from the beginning, we were able to bootstrap, in other words, you know, self-fund or without much funding, build our first version of the Kango app by ourselves almost with the help of some designers that we had worked with before. So persisting through that, you know, there's a lot of things that people have to say when you're building something for free. Uh, persisting through that and really believing based on the feedback we were getting from early uh, customers of ours that this was important and this was something they desperately needed, uh, that helped us confirm the mission and its value. And with going to apply for funding, uh, yeah, we applied to 500 startups three times. And one of the reasons why we applied to that program in particular, as there are several in Silicon Valley, of course, was that they were known for not only investing in female founders, but being a family tech as it was called at the time, not necessarily a sexy term today, but uh, they had funded several companies that were in the parenting or kid-related space. But as uh, you mentioned, every time we applied, the first time we were told that it was a great idea, but we needed to show more progress, and at the time we didn't have any revenue or paying users, we came back a second time with more traction, more users, more data to share, and show positive momentum, but I think also demonstrate persistence. Uh, however, we were rejected a second time, but the third time that we applied, we had even more traction, more user stories to tell, a better product that by that time was live on both iPhone and Android and had a number of new features that proved our technical ability as well. And so it was gratifying that actually, wow, you can keep going, uh, and if you're persistent and meet the goals that you and potentially funding sources have set, you can actually make it up what seems like an impossible hill to climb. You know, you are such an inspiration to so many women because they're building their businesses and they're starting to say, I've got it to a certain point, but now I may need potential investors. And I think the one thing that when, when we talked about persistence, it sort of graciously leads us into, I read your bio and it, there's sometimes you received real gender-specific questions when you were asking for venture money. What were some of those? And just to help our listeners, how did you learn to answer them you really were persistent in figuring out how to handle that. 
Certainly, and I think that the first key was to be prepared, and the second was not to take anything personally, which goes for all types of questions that might be uh, uncomfortable or that one might feel are unwarranted uh, in funding or any other professional situation. I was often asked at the very beginning, we don't get asked that anymore given where we are today, but when you're first starting out, when your business is at its most fragile and you have the most to prove, ironically, you know, I built a service to help mothers and fathers, for that matter, you know, juggle uh, everything that they have to juggle, not just work, but maybe other responsibilities. But um, we got asked the question, well, how are you going to build a, a business given that you're a mother with a family? And that kind of surprised me at the at the get-go because of two things. First, we were already running a business. It wasn't a future tense kind of thing. It was pretty obvious to us that having shared our metrics and user stats and shown and demoed our product that we were already doing it. So why were we getting the question, how are you going to you know, do this? And second, it was, like I mentioned, particularly ironic because we were, of all things, building a service to help parents get their kids where they needed to go when they needed to be elsewhere for professional reasons, among other things. So the key, though, was to remain calm, to have an answer. And in our case, you know, my answer was just that. Here's the proof. Here's our product. This is our plan. We're executing and meeting targets. And there's no reason why we wouldn't continue to do so. Uh, and second, if there's any help and support needed, obviously we're in the best possible position to get access to that since we've built it ourselves and we know exactly how it works and it's at our fingertips literally in a few taps on your phone. So I think making sure you're prepared in case those questions come up, making sure that you have as much traction and as much proof that you're on a trajectory to success as possible, even though that can be tricky in the earliest stages, and having the confidence to answer those questions without losing faith in yourself and without wavering in your conviction. Sarah, I can't agree with you more. And the three things that popped out when you were just talking was to remain calm, to have a plan and execution. And you certainly have done that because recently we understand you partnering with Chrysler so that in 2018 hybrid Pacifica minivans, you're providing the eligible Tango drivers with low-cost lease. So that's huge. And when you think about the journey of where you started and where you are today, we just can't tell you how proud we are representing us as women leaders and business owners. But also, there's a real fun part of you. I've read that you've actually been known to dress up in pink kangaroo suit when you were marketing kangaroo well, and the street fairs. So, I, so I, I think that that's such a typical woman. We not only are talking to venture people and remaining calm and planning and execution, and then you're partnering with Chrysler, but now you're also known to dress up once in a while in a pink kangaroo suit. So share a little bit with us on that. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, well, as, as you can tell from uh, the rest of the points we've touched on, it's it can be a stressful uh, enterprise, right? Uh, takes much longer than you thought. And so uh, I guess the, the kangaroo is something that's very near and dear to us as a mascot, uh, not to mention my uh, kangaroo suit. And we really were looking for something that was known for, that was an animal that kids, if they were too young to read, they can recognize our logo on a driver's shirt when they come to be picked up. And we know the importance of blowing off steam, but also being relatable to kids. And so kids just love kangaroos. They're maternal, they're dynamic, they're cute, they're energetic, they go places, and it's a perfect mascot for us. Literally, you know, can go for families going places. So 
kids gravitate to it. Um, it's a great way to not only blow off some steam and have fun, but to be accessible to children and to families. Everybody comes over if they see somebody in a life-size pink kangaroo suit, complete with the little Joey in the front pocket. So it's a great attention getter at street fairs where there might be a lot going on and a lot of different booths. People want to know more. So it's it's a lot of fun, but um, it helps sort of our brand-friendly image as well. Well, and when you talk about brand-friendly image, you can tell it's a woman-owned firm because you know exactly what moms and children gravitate to. So today as we conclude, I, I would love you to just share maybe one tip for women out there who have firms and they're really saying this may be the time to take it to the next level. What would be the one thing that you would tell them to focus on? The one thing I would tell them, uh, given my personal experience, would be to set a goal and have confidence in yourself that you will get there. Surround yourself certainly with, with mentors and a support network and educate yourself however you see necessary. But once you have a goal and you can set and see yourself making progress towards it, that's a huge motivator. So believe in yourself, but set a goal as to where you want to be. Visualize yourself reaching that goal and keep track of your progress along the way. Set smaller interim goals so that you don't get discouraged trying to shoot for the stars, but feeling like you're still solidly planted on planet Earth. Set a few interim goals and you know, relish and celebrate those smaller successes along the way. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. And I can't tell you how much we admire what you've done in building Kango. And we wish you the most success in the future. And your transparency and what you've shared with our listeners today, I think, is going to be a real value. So thank you again. Thank you. Delighted to have contributed. And thanks for tuning in today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes or the podcast app and follow us on SoundCloud, Podbean, and womensradio.com for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.